The following episode is part of the Pop Culture Cult Network. Good evening, cult members, and welcome to Pop Culture Cult. I'm Sean. I'm Janice. I'm just making sure everything was recording. So yes, everything's <laughs> recording. And welcome to... Uh, we didn't talk about this, and I thought about it in my head. Uh, we're going to do uh, a spoiler discussion of devs. Okay. Um, the reason I'm going to say it this the uh, I'm going to say it this way. <clears throat> we're just going to talk about this show, and we have no clue what this show was about. <laughs> well, we have theories. Right. And this is how Alex Garland works. Yes. This is, he presents, he presents a story and puts it out there and, and lets you be the final judge on when it really meant. Right. Because life tends to not tie things up in a nice little bow for you at the end. So, uh, (laughs) sometimes, um, but, but because of that, just being able to talk about the show in any kind of non-spoiler talk is just going to be really hard to discuss. Right. It was pretty acting was cool. Thanks for watching (laughs) or listening or listening. If you've done that, but other than, uh, but we're going to talk about the show overall. Um, it came out by FX Mm-hmm. Um, FX likes taking big swings like this. Yeah, yeah, they like doing the kind of random. Uh, I, I want to say bizarre, but that's not maybe quite right. But risk a lot more risk taking in storytelling process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you you know, again, it doesn't just tie the whole thing up in a nice little bow and tell you what it meant. Right, it leaves right. it for you to decide and and, interpret at your own pace and yeah yep yeah absolutely and uh and odd (laughs) giant doll babies in the middle of the forest yeah it's uh, so um let's talk about alex garland a little bit if alex garland is one of those people that um not a lot of people know his name uh but then you start talking about he did Annihilation, and he wrote Dread, and he did Ex Machida, and he, yep. you know, he did he did some stuff that a lot of people are, are are like they spend hours talking about and, and video essays and stuff like that about yeah. his storytelling <clears throat> process and his thought process and everything like that, and and he was the draw for me on this show. I don't know what it was. I don't know if you just kind of tagged along and I said, hey, let's watch this. Yeah, I mean, I saw the commercials and it looked interesting. Yeah. You know, we liked this kind of thing. We liked Legion. We liked Annihilation. We like stuff where you have to pay attention and kind of think about it. So I was, eh, let's go. It's a little bit more than that, too, I think. it's it's a, it, I think it's that we love popcorn stuff. I mean, we're doing a series of, you know, the world's coming to an end movies and it's, right. you know, it's independence day and day after tomorrow. And so we like popcorn movies. Um, but we also like this sit down and make you think about not necessarily life, but just think about what they're talking about in whatever it is we're watching. Right. And this one was definitely <laughs> one of those that happens. Uh, the show 
<sighs> I'm trying to figure out how to explain this show. So imagine if Bill Gates. Now we talked about spoilers, so we're don't, we're gonna go in spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So imagine if Bill Gates, who has all the money in the world, um, loses his child and his wife, and decides to build a, a quantum computer to try to reanimate them. Or, yeah, I think that was the original plan was to try to bring them back because that was the rat that they kept putting there. Yeah, yeah. To the, the rat was dead and they brought it back to life. So yeah, I guess so. And they ended up not doing, well, they did, they brought the rat back, but, but bringing people back from the dead has a whole nother set of just not, not even moral issues, but just right, right. like, you know, uh, have you ever seen a zombie movie? I mean, right, <laughs> or Frankenstein right, movie, right, right. right. You know, you just, there's a whole nother set of problems there, but they end up, um, seeing into the past and the future. Um, but they try not to do the future, right? Because, right. um, that, you know, then you got the whole, um, kill your grandma or <laughs> you're not born a lot of or, that discussion know. about going forward in time, uh, was it's predetermined. Your future is predetermined by the decisions you've already made. You're already you're already on the that track, and that track's going no matter what you do, no matter what you change or think you're going to change. It that that's always that future's always going to happen. Right. Well, that's where they got to. Right. But I don't know if that's specifically where they started out with that, with why they didn't go into the future. It's more of a, um, you know, I I think initially your thoughts are you don't want to see into the future. Nobody nobody should know when they die. Right. Right. So, right. um, I think that was kind of what stopped them. And then they ended up realizing that, um, Kate, um, Allison pills character, Katie, um, ended up realizing that there was absolutely nothing you could do to change the future. Right. It was, it, yeah, it was everything in your life was predetermined and everything is. And, and they, they lay the groundwork for that in the first episode when um, Forrest, who's played by Nick Offerman, talks about with Sergey about um, everything that's led you to this point it, it is is where you're going to end up in the future. Right. And it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm I'm. This is forgiveness because he was Sergey was stealing trade secrets and stuff like right. that. And, right. Right. But there's also there's also a level there of two of of kind of the matrix version of the world or, or discussing of the world and your events in your life that um, do you believe in preconceived destiny? Predestination. Pre, pre, yeah. you know, you're, you're, do you, do you, and, and, and they, free will and free will. And like, and so there was, there was that topic that was talked about too, because they couldn't see past a certain point right. um, with Lily uh, and Lily makes a decision that was not in the the precog the of what they came up with, right? But yet the the what ended up happening was still still happened, yeah. And so it, there was a lot of discussion of free will and destiny, and like that's why we're talking about this show, like like spoiler wise, because yeah, there's so much stuff that I, I think was 
really well handled is the show is the show starts off as this entity, this subject. And what we learn as as the show learns what the characters are trying to accomplish in their goals changes. And so that means the show changes and the show and how it's looking at different things changes as it goes along as well. And I, that's, that's at least how I took it about okay. fourth or fifth episode. I'm like, wait, they just changed the whole, what the show, like the whole plot structure of the show. Yeah. I mean, it, it starts off as kind of, you know, again, with Sergei stealing um, the code, you know, and it kind of starts off more of a like, sci-fi science uh spy yeah thing and then then there's a lot of um so there's like his russian handler and she's trying to break into his his phone and he's got this sudoku sudoku app that he never played he doesn't play sudoku and it's got this password and then she ends up meeting his handler and so it starts off as like this Spy drama, spy industrial te- technology, technological spy drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's people being killed, and there's one scene where the muscle, I guess, for Forrest's company. I can't remember it, the name of the company. Is his daughter uh, Amaya? Name, Amaya. Yeah. Amaya is the name and the, of the big company. baby doll in the middle of the forest is Amaya. <laughs> That's Amaya. Um, kind of weird. And uh, his muscle ends up snapping the handler's neck on a tire. On a tire, yeah. <laughs> it was like a great it was a great wrestling scene of two older experienced have been through the wars and the yeah. dramas and stuff yeah. like that kind of thing. But they're both also older and so yeah. they can't move as fast. And so it becomes this wrestling scene and he snaps his neck by essentially just pressuring him into the tire into underneath tire the car. The it was ground, like, yeah. it was like, and it was so subtle. It was just like, oh my God. And the cool thing about that episode was not every episode was like this, but that one particular episode, they showed you everything that was going to happen in the episode. And then they sprinkled in those shots, like in the first like 15, 20 seconds of the episode. Yeah. And then they sprinkled those shots in throughout the entire episode. And we're like, oh. Yeah. Now we're starting to realize, and that's also the episode where they start talking about really start ta- having a discussion of we're looking back in time. We're yeah. looking forward in time. Yeah. You have that, no idea. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're in the heart of, of the, wh- where the quantum computer is and, yeah. and, and they're looking at the screen that's like resolving into Christ on the cross. And you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where did that go? Co- I thought we were doing like some kind of, technological spy drama and now suddenly we're looking at christ yeah and it that's that's when i think we both went and closed their tablet (laughs) computers and put them off to the side we so this was one of the things i wanted to talk about with this show this show um is super dense and there's a ton of stuff going on and the pace is pace is slow but not like distractingly slow yeah, like, there's there's constant tension, and yeah. I think that's a little bit of the music. But but the the thing is, is we binged it all in one day. It was a week to week thing that dropped on on FX. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to. I, I, I we would have been out after about three episodes because yeah. the pace the pacing was intentional the way it was doing it because you're building to a uh, 
you have to build slowly to get to the realization of what they're think. I think what I think they're trying to do, at least trying to tell this one story, multiple branches of the one story. But right, right. I think yeah, it's definitely a better binge show. Um, I kind of I keep going back and thinking of it in terms of Legion. Um, also maniac is kind uh, of that way too. I was thinking twin peaks, twin peaks. Yeah. That's where, a good one too. you know, they reference stuff in, in later episodes from earlier episodes that, you know, a month from now you're going to be like, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily get it as well as you do when it's only been a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, uh, why we love this. I, I love this show. Yeah, yeah. Like it I'm was almost super impressed by this. Just thinking about it, it's almost like um, it was a movie cut into eight help, episodes. Eight episodes, yeah, yeah eight. eight chapters, eight installments, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it. It flowed. It had a beginning, a middle, and, and an and end. I, and I think a lot of that, um, bringing it back around to Alex Garland, was he wrote and directed every episode. Yeah. It wasn't his show, and then they had a writer's room, and everybody yeah. picked an episode, and they all did they their own probably, things. He probably just wrote the whole thing. He just I, a, a, you know, a to Z, whole, yeah. and then cut it up and into then, episodes. I, I actually would love to see an interview with him. He doesn't do a ton of interviews, but yeah. I would love to see an interview with him talking about his process with this particular thing. Because, because if you watch like Ex Machida and, or Annihilation, Annihilation is – the books are super dense and yeah. dealing with all kinds of multiple levels of things. Yeah. And so is Ex Machida. And so they're super dense. And and to be able to do that denseness over eight hours, um, I don't know how they would have been able to do this mo- as, a, as a two and a half hour movie. I just don't know. I just. No, because there really wasn't. I don't feel like there was any filler. Yeah. Any fluff. It, yeah. it everything meant something for something. Yeah. It before or after it. Yeah. Back to the whole timetable. Right. Right. Thing. It it moved along. It was um there was I guess enough of the spy drama kind of thing going on to keep you more interested than sometimes uh, that so annihilation, right? Annihilation right. is there's those short little episodes kind of with Natalie Portman's character interacting with um, the other women who go through and, and, but it's, it's more about the end. Like, like you're building to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And this had these, this, these other stories or this other story sprinkled in there enough to keep you not so weighted down by all the, heavy mind right mind effing that thing. is yeah. going on it's uh <laughs> yeah the, yeah, you know, and, yeah and the different points that they're trying to put across like you know should you even do this kind of stuff should tech people have this kind of money should they be you know that was a big one can, you can know. They, should they have this um there's all i love that scene with the senator about oversight and what is yeah. oversight and who should really have oversight and they and kept wanting him to to sell it or give it over to the government the, for the NSA yeah, and yeah. and uh, they also talk about too about um 
um, tech geniuses thinking that they are gods. Yeah. And, and ultimately, I won't say ultimately because I, every time I think about something else about the show, I'm like, this show is about this. <laughs> and, and that is one of the things that actually is super quietly built in the background the entire time is the idea that Forrest thinks that he's a god. And he thinks he's a god because he's trying to bring his wife and daughter back. But he doesn't. Right? He comes to the realization that he, he does at the end. At he the realizes end, yeah. that he is acting in a god-like manner yeah um but he and that's another kind of interesting thing about this is he is not the steve jobs asshole i'm the smartest person in the room right 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 kind of character he's very gentle and quiet and forgiving and cooperative and you think the whole time or at least in the first maybe three episodes you think he's the the one behind the Amaya muscle guy going out and killing everybody and capturing everybody and all that. And he's actually not, he's like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize this stuff was happening. Yeah. Or he doesn't want to know like he's, uh, he's so focused on his thing on, on making this thing work that he's not, um, you know, he's not aware of, he's like the opposite of Steve Jobs. Instead of being the controlling, I need to know everything that's going on. He's like, you guys got this. I'm focused on this. Yeah, yeah. And I love that they, uh, when they're doing the introduction of the devs um, program, the the devs wing when they go into the yeah. when they go into the quantum p- computer and stuff like that and they start having that conversation um he's like there's no check-in there's no you know check-in you know yeah. check out yeah some people work overnight it's You're, a very google no, it's a v- very new world google yeah. way of looking at that, yeah. everything and that sets up a lot of stuff too that he it, you get to the point with him where you're like you feel sympathetic for how he got to this point. Yeah. But you also understand that he is a psychopath. Yeah. I don't know if I, I would call it a psychopath. I, he's singularly focused and will do anything to get to that point. Right. But, and that's again, the point yeah. he is a super genius with a ton of money that had this very bad thing happen to him. And all he wants is his family back. And and it's like the perfect storm of, of all of that stuff, right? Yeah. You know, the, the average Joe loses his wife and his daughter. And it's, you know, because we're doing a spoiler episode, it's horrific, right? right. It happens right in front of him. And, and. I feel th- that he might actually even feel guilty for it. Oh, probably. Cause he was talking to her yeah. on the phone and. For the average Joe, not a whole lot you can do about that, right, right? Right. You're just going to be sad, depressed, emotional, you know, all of that. He has money. He has a lot of money. And yeah. he has a big, big brain. And so, <laughs> you know, this is... And can get other big, big brains to come right. and it's, work with That's them. kind yeah. of one of the other, you know, um, points is that these people you're torn right between these independent 
not working for a government agency or whatever, people right. have the money and the means to do things that they may not they may not be the most emotionally stable person in the world and they have <laughs> the money and the means to do what it is that they want to do. However, <laughs> you want the independent entrepreneurs not oversight, you know, oversight yeah. by the government. Or being told that you have to build create something for this thing or you have to do it for this particular reason or you have to build a certain computer to do this one task right you or need- potentially be used for things that you're against right, oh, right. maybe you're, right. you're you're not for war or whatever which is strange because they dealt with this in real genius in 1986 and <laughs> right. it's still being discussed <laughs> it, it is it's it's going to continue to be you know it's the mm. whole do you make, um, you know, how far do you go with AI? And, you know, it's that whole conversation that, yeah, they've also been talking about that for a really long time and they still don't have a better answer today. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to talk about with the show was, um, outside of the, okay, it's Alex Garland. We talked about how good he is, but it's just shot amazingly. It's shot beautifully, shot like a movie, whatever. Uh, just very, squared off shots of San Francisco mm-hmm. and l- very interesting framing techniques with side uh, profile shots of conversations right. and just or one it, person in the conversation is very well lit and the other person yeah. in the conversation is is basically backlit so their face is almost completely obscured yeah, yeah. shadowed out yeah. yeah uh but what i really wanted to it and we could we could spend an hour talking about how the way it's shot like i just because <laughs> yeah. we've talked about that cinematography is my thing uh but the acting performances in the show are pretty awesome yeah um nick offerman uh from parks and rec is what he's both most known for um gives this he's plays force and he plays this very um very average person who with the big brain and big po- pocketbook that we were just talking yeah, about and, yeah. and, and, um, is very, uh, subdued, subdued in his performance. And I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Alison pill, who's been on fire lately, right, uh, she's with in everything, uh, she's amazing in Picard and she's amazing yep. in this in a different way Yeah, to show she's very, we know people who are like this obnoxiously smart people who are disconnected from the world. Yeah. And she's, and she's self-aware of that too. Yeah. 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 She's like, you know, yep, this is, this is how I am. And she's very unemotional for most of the the series. Um, It's a little interesting in the end where they have, um, was that the last episode, the second to last episode where the two of them, Katie and Forrest, are in bed together because they are, you you kind of all of a sudden find out that they're boyfriend and girlfriend in a weird weird kind of way. Kind of I mean, she again, yeah. she even acknowledges because um, Lily asks her, you know, are you his girlfriend? And she's like, huh, yeah. I, I guess, I guess I am. I guess that's the word for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, and that was like the most emotional she had been most emotion that her character had yeah. shown yeah. up until that point. And then uh, in the last episode, as they're kind of, they know what's going to happen. They, they both kind of show they, some they, more. They emotion. both show some emotion. Yeah. Um, Sonia Mizona, Mizono, Mizuno, Mizuno um, plays Lily. 
Um, she's, uh, she's somebody that I have, uh, we kind of like, I had to go on to IMDb after like the third episode. I'm like, why do we know her? Yeah. Well, she's the doctor in the mani and maniac. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, the kind of OCD doctor and stuff like that, but she's also an ex machina. She's also an annihilation. Yep. She seems to be one of those people that is, um, Alex Garland's like kind of go to yeah. every, every per, uh, creator, writer, director, whatever has certain actors. They always yeah. have Team, yeah. seem seem to go to Quentin has Uma, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and Mads Mikkel, uh, uh, Michael Mann, and and uh, oh yeah, Timothy Roth yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and, and t- Tim Roth and stuff. But um, I want to talk about her performance just for a minute because she has to do. Um, she's in love. She's devastated by the loss of her love. She's got to play this uh, schizophrenic kind of stage at what point in time. And then she has to lose all emotion and be single-minded in destroying everything. And that to do all those different levels is really, really hard and it's really good. And there's scenes where she plays it so wooden on purpose. I I feel like she plays it very wooden on purpose to give it a – almost like it's a simulation, like they're in the simulation. There's a couple of times where there's scenes specifically with Lily where I'm like, this is a simulation. Yeah. And it's a simulation because she's pretty much doing the NPC kind of version of, of dealing with stuff in the scene. Yeah. And it was just like, wow. Okay. She, this is on purpose. And it kind of threw me off the first time, but like, I was really impressed with what, like I'm, I, whatever she's in. I'm pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was really, she was really good. And, uh, everybody else is really good. Um, Steven McNeil, McNeely Henderson, who plays Stuart. Um, we're going to be seeing a lot of him here coming. He's one of those, uh, character actors who's been around forever and now has gotten a shot and is getting a bigger shot here coming pretty soon Mm -hmm. with Dune. Mm -hmm. Um, he's pretty awesome. And then, uh, Kaylee, Spanny, mm-hmm. who plays Lyndon, um, very subtly um, uh, plays a trans character. Right, right. They call her. They call Lyndon him the entire time, but she, it, Kaylee, is, is right. a woman in re- right. real life, and right. so yeah. it, it very subtly just throwing it that I don't know if it was intentional that they picked a female person, a p- female actor to be in that role, or she just nailed the audition so well that he just decided to leave it the way it was and let her cut her hair short. And yeah. And just, I, well, I'd be interested to know if, if she is anyway, if she is trans, yeah. that's been a big thing, right? Is um, having actual transgender people play yeah, transgender characters instead of, um, you know, I don't I, know and that but. might actually be a thing like i i would be uh, um she's done a couple of things um uh, biggest thing was uh pacific rim uprising she was in yeah. uh three uh the El, bad times at el royale that, yeah um as the little girl and and stuff but it was uh I, her her and stewart Lyndon and stewart are the narrators of what's going on inside the quantum computer and try to it, at least that's how I looked at it was they were kind of the ones to try to explain the stuff inside the computer itself to Stewart's um, Lyndon is the, um, 
I don't know, almost the voice of morality. Yeah. And Stuart is the, um, he, he is excited about what they're doing, <clears throat> but he's also kind of got that fatalistic. He's, he's the, it, it is what it is and they're going to do what they're going to do. And there's nothing I can do to change it. There's, he's, he's an older <clears throat> man who's lived his life and is super smart, but is involved in this because he finds it amazing. He's living in a freaking RV on the yeah. street corner. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it was, it, it was just like, you're making a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. And he just goes <laughs> home, gets drunk every night and he comes back into work. Yeah. I was like, it was, it's just, I just, the cast was so well done. Um, Jamie was really well done. Uh, Lynn, Ho, Lynn Ha. It's like his first real major thing. He did some stuff on Broadway. Um, uh, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but he's, he was really, I, I was really impressed with everybody. I like, I love this show. I oh, love, uh, Jesus Christ. Superstar. Oh, Jesus Christ. Superstar. That's what it was. Yep. Um, so I'm just, I, I just, it's shot the way I love. It gives me time to think about stuff. Performances were amazing. It looks cool. Um, the music's cool. Uh, it, it just, uh, this is a top notch. We've talked for 30 minutes. We could go for another 30 minutes. <laughs> Right. This was supposed to be a 10 minute review and we've done 30 <laughs> minutes and we could probably so go on. Go some more. watch it. So go watch it. So let us know what you thought of the show devs from FX. Let us know what it actually really means in the comments down below. Uh, and tell us what you uh, felt of our review, how long it was <laughs> like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications. If you're on the podcast feed, follow us there and share with your friends, follow us on all of social media stuff, Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitters. And until next time, cult members, if we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.